Call it Paul Bubba Sparks. Booty, 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 Joined as always with the amazing Stacy. How are you doing? I'm great. I didn't know I was the amazing Stacy. I think that makes you the awesome Steven. Well, we're that. just all we're all different con characters. <laughs> Why not? Someone's <laughs> got to be right. Yes. Uh, so we're back with Shimmer, and we're on to volume ten. That's a, that feels like a milestone for us. Double digits. Exactly. We've made it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's it's covered uh, a couple years of Shimmer's time and a couple years at least of our time. So um, <laughs> we're doing well. I'm not sure when this podcast started, to be honest. But uh, we don't need to look that up. Um, I have my dog at my side. I have my water by my side here. I, I'm ready to talk about this show. How about you? I'm great. I have my... Uh glass of coke by my side and my ironing board and i'm ready to go are you ironing while we do this podcast i'm not i no i'm definitely not a multitasker um no it's just i'm just it's right next to me i'm staring at all the ironing i still have to do uh but i'd rather be talking about shimmer to be quite honest so let's do it my girlfriend when we're talking on the phone i don't notice like like she's talking a lot and we're having like conversation where she doesn't seem not focused at all but she does like a hundred tasks during the whole conversation i have no idea how she does that blows my mind i just have to do nothing because i can't do two things at once (laughs) i I can iron on the phone i often talk to my fiance while i'm ironing uh mainly because she rings and i think oh shit i should have been ironing But yeah, ironing I can do because I don't need to like concentrate or read anything while I'm, you know what I mean? I can't talk and read at the same time, which is yeah, why, I, it, it, which poses a challenge here because I have to look at my notes and think, what the hell did I think about this match? But I luckily, wrestling I remember. So oh, okay, well, let's let's move on. So we're opening up here with um, Ariel, uh, which is a, a as we've established one of the best. Um, Baby faces on the undercard, and Portia Perez, who uh, last episode uh, revealed herself as one of the best heels on the undercard. So it's a good contrast to start the show for sure. And I gotta say, I love Perez's um, Perez's action as a heel because it's it's not like the typical "I hate the fans" type of thing that she does. It's more like, "Hey, I'm fucking awesome." Aren't I, guys? <laughs> yeah, it's very much a, just a cocky heel. She's just she comes out bragging and yeah, just bragging about how great she is. It's not really that she's angry at the fans, which is what we see in other heels like Lacey and Rain. And she's not like uh, partic- particularly, but for booing her, I think she's just like kind of like that's weird. I don't understand them. <laughs> yeah, like that's their problem. Like I'm, I'm great. Yeah. It's just, it's just very arrogant, cocky heel. Yeah. She doesn't really even notice, you know, what they're saying. It doesn't matter, you know? So yeah, definitely. And a nice, um, a nice entrance music battle as well to start this one, because yeah, Ariel obviously has the classic entrance of say la vie. Uh, and, and Portia Perez, now that she's a heel, uh, has changed her music. Um, and is now, the Stevie Nicks song, uh, Edge of 17, which is great. So I which hopped. really sets Alice in Danger off on the, <laughs> the, the age of Perez's uh, comments uh, going forward, which uh, exactly. was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the age issue, which came up first in the last volume, has continued, uh, mainly from Danger going on about it. <laughs> Dave just ignores her. He he really doesn't want to engage, um, and I really don't blame him. Um, <laughs> is it possible that um, he and Perez were dating in some way? I can only hope not. 
Uh, but I mean, we yeah, we really don't know. Uh, but I I can't imagine. I think it's just that he sort of realizes that it would. It it's weird coming from danger, but it would be ten times weirder oh, coming be from awful. him. <laughs> yeah. So I think he realizes that, and he does not just want to engage with it, and just just is hoping she'll shut up about it. Basically, <laughs> just he's not touching that. It um, seems like Prezak's like the least unproblematic man in wrestling. <laughs> Do you mean the least problematic? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's careful, better. Careful how you say that. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Well, certainly so far it seems as though he is. Um, I actually, yeah, I find much more of Danger's stuff objectionable than Prezak's in terms of things that I'm just like, oh, like, and partic- yeah, particularly this is the main thing. Her banging on about how Porsche's a child. Um, when she's not, she is, uh, as I said last time, 19 as of the taping of this show. And I um, love this opener. It's like perfect. Uh, perfect. Yeah, it was a good little opener. Yeah. And they're both so great in the roles. There was a lot of action. Uh, There's a lot of cheating versus the uh, Ariel showing a lot of great fire. Uh, and then the babyface, uh, you know, hits her finisher in the middle. And the crowd is super hyped. Uh, like, this is exactly how you want to start a show, right? Oh, exactly. Yeah, it was a good little opener. It was only, I want to say, like about five minutes. Like, it really didn't go that long, but it just, they went in and did their job, and yeah, they both look good. We know who they are. Ariel, you know, hits her finish and wins, and uh, it was great because during the match, Portia, now that she's definitely a heel, you know, as we've seen now, um, is just going all out with the, the cheating, and it was so blatant. It was <laughs> Like, it was ridiculous because of how blatant it was. Like, she did a pin and literally just put her feet up on the ropes, and the ref was just like, dude, like, you know, she's not even trying to hide it, you know, like, it's, it's almost like she, um, she's just bit, like, she's just come in as a heel underneath, and she needs to kind of level up in heelness before she can get really good at cheating and hiding it and getting away with it. <laughs> now she's just doing it, you know, blatantly in front of the ref. Yeah, Which, and I it guess, seems like she's, like, a different heel than the... Like, Amber O'Neill cheats, but, like, it seems like Portia Perez's main goal is to cheat, not to win. Yeah, that's how it came off. It's like, well, you know, I'm just going all out now, I'm going to do this, you know? It, it, and again, it's probably, like, something, because she's just, you know, probably pretty low on the on the in the pecking order and will probably get more advanced in her cheating techniques as, you know, if she moves up the card. Uh, yeah. And, and I liked that, uh, Ariel made a point of going to the camera after the match and, and telling us she's a cheater, you know, <laughs> because we couldn't tell from the match, but thanks anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so next up, uh, we got Shimmer stealing, um, a ring of honor staple match, uh, the four corner survival, uh, we have Rain, Malia Hosaka, Alexa Thatcher, and Booty 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 Rockin' Everywhere Josie. We need like a we need like a klaxon that we can sound when Josie comes out. <laughs> booty booty. It's uh it's so great. I'll ne- I'll never get over it. Uh yeah, so this is a different match. I believe this is the historic first time ever four corner survival match in Shimmer. Um, that joke. Thank you. <laughs> I, I never get over. Um, yeah, so which is interesting because, and I mean, me not being super familiar with Ring of Honor, like I'm glad they actually said because when you when you say a four corner survival match, like survival makes it sound like it's elimination. Yeah. And so then they said it's one fall and you tag it and out, and I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like, thank you for explaining the rules to me. Yeah, the really rules good are simple. That for yeah, for explaining rules and stuff, and um, they also do the the good thing where like rain changes her outfit. So, yeah, and a lot of people do on the show, they, they have a different outfit from the night before. So it doesn't feel like it was all taped, you know, at the same time, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. I think this was probably the show where they have tried as much as possible to wear different outfits from one night to the next. Um, yeah. Cause the first few volumes, obviously, you know, they may have only brought one and they, they look the same from show to show this one. Yeah. They, I think they all made an effort to look different on the second taping, which is nice. Yeah. Um, I, I like this match. I particularly liked that. It was sort of the story of Josie throughout. And then eventually Josie 
versus Malia Hosaka as kind of a mini match within this match. And there's also um, the story of um, Josie and Thatcher both have not won in their history of being in Shimmer. And if they don't win, they might not be brought back. And like Josie, she had a couple matches. She lost uh, all those. She was taken off of a weekend. And she was given another shot here this weekend. And if she doesn't win, who knows? We might never see her again. I thought that was a pretty clever story to, to interweave in this as well. Yeah, it was. Yeah, because they they really do make a point of um, emphasizing wins and losses and the sort of the aim of, of getting a win as a wrestler and moving up the card. And they, they show it. They always show it by giving a wrestler with momentum, like a main event or a big match. And then if someone loses, they drop down the card. And now here where they're saying, well, if you've been in Shimmer all this time, particularly for Josie, like Alexa has just arrived, but Josie has been on quite a few shows now. And they're saying she's still winless. And, you know, if, if you can't get a win, we're going to, we're going to cut you like UFC style, you know? So, um, yeah, it was interesting. And then it, the match itself, um, kind of, yeah, it, it evolved into this very intense Josie versus Malia Hosaka kind of angle in the middle of it. Because in the beginning, um, Josie tagged in and Malia Hosaka didn't want a bar of it and, and just tagged someone else in, you know, and there was this whole idea. And then eventually Josie, um, yeah, it just escalates. Then they get in the ring together and they, and Josie beats her up a little bit and it just, and it just keeps like, escalating throughout the match and then finally we get the big you know scramble of a finish where Josie hits the blockbuster off the top onto um onto Alexa and then Malia Hosaka is the one who runs in and breaks up the pin creating a big you know schmoz and then Josie and, and Hosaka end up brawling and brawling to the floor brawling around ringside and then Rain the dick uh runs in and pins Alexa yeah, I thought that was um, good. And Rain needed a win. She she's she's had some losses too, and also really cool. One thing I liked about this match a lot too was it was a four way match, but it never got into that realistic, realistic, the non realistic breakdown where the rules don't matter and everyone's running in and out and breaking up every pin until there's like four people in the ring and something happens. Like that, it never got to there. It was like all, it was all within the rules. Like it, like the referee actually was trying to keep control. So I, I did like that too. Oh, exactly. And I think, yeah, enforcing the rules helped because tagging in and out, there was still only, there was only ever two people in the ring at one time, but it wasn't like normally in a, in a, you know, WWE three or three way or four way, there's, there's two people in the ring and everyone else is taking a nap on the floor kind of thing. And, you never really get that from it because of the tag rule, which I think is actually a big improvement. Um, and yeah, and so it just, it was a normal match and then it was only at the end. And it made the finish mean a lot more because the finish happened and then someone, and then Hasaka came in and broke up the pin and you're just like, Oh, that was so like, it was such a dick move for her to do that because that was the big, you know, the big rule break in the match. And yeah. And then we get, we get Josie and Hasaka brawling away even after the finish. Yeah. Uh, when the match is over, they're still brawling around ringside and throwing each other into the barricade. So they've clearly got, got some beef going on now. Yeah. And what's cool. I, I looked it up. Uh, Josie and Thatcher are both not on volume 11. After losing here. Oh, okay. Well, that, yeah, that, they return. That, that will eventually. make sense for reasons that will become apparent later. But I think um, they're both not on the whole weekend, actually, for the next. Yeah. Week. Because yeah, lost. but that well, exactly, and yeah, particularly with Josie, like the whole the whole idea that oh, she needs this win, needs this win, and Osaka, who she had been fighting with the whole match, kind of thing, was the one who came in and stole it from her, and. And it's pretty much, like you said, pretty much potentially cost her a spot in Shimmer. So, you know, if she ever comes back, you can tell that there's definitely a, a, a feud happening there that, that they can explore. And, yeah, I think it was it was important for Rain to get this win, though. Um, it feels like they don't really know what to do with Rain and Lacey yeah. because they are obviously, a, like, come as a set. They come as a set as the Minnesota Homewrecking crew, but – there are no tag teams in Shimmer. The only other tag team is a heel tag yeah, team, and they can't really fight each other. And so 
I guess they find they find Lacey and Rain better served just working as singles in different areas. And it's like we know they're a team, we know they're together, but they always wrestle separately. And and yeah, and but they can't move them too far up the card because they don't really see them as singles wrestlers. They're part of a group, so it's they're in a weird kind of limbo where they won't have anything to do until a tag division appears. So yeah, they're in a weird holding pattern. But at least Rain did get a win here. Next up, we got the big grudge match between Al's in Danger and Cindy Rogers, and uh, the leather jacket is back for Cindy, so clearly she's bad again. Yeah, and I like that at that addition, and it fits her now that she's a heel, that she's you know sauntering out in a leather jacket and 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 yelling at people, telling everyone to go to hell. Like she's definitely heel Cindy now. Oh yeah, she came with the garbage too, which is nice. Yeah. Much anymore. Thank you. Yes, I'm still digging all the entrance music, and I'm still sitting here watching the volumes with my finger on the Shazam button, just going, oh, my God, oh, my God. <laughs> That's awesome. So, yeah, I really enjoy the music on, on these shows, which is good. Yeah, Garbage is a nice addition. Yeah, uh, yeah and Cindy, Cindy likes being a heel. Uh, it's very clear <laughs> she's having fun out there. Uh, and, yeah, we get a really rough collar and el- elbow tie-up to start and there was definitely this was a fight this wasn't your um your typical shimmer match and danger obviously was pretty angry there's a lot of brawling on the floor and using the guardrail the steps uh i thought it was a really fine brawl it was and this was sort of 101 you were in a blood feud fight with fight with each other. You know what I mean? The old trope about how like guys are like trying to kill each other and then they come out for a match and then just have a wrestling match. You know, this was not that at all. And the funny thing is they did start with a lockup, but it was like the world's most aggressive lockup ever. Like it actually it it worked because Danger like when Cindy came out, Danger actually no, Cindy came out first and then Danger came out and went straight for Cindy and the ref kinda had to hold her back a little bit during the introductions. But um, he managed to sort of get get them th- get her through it and calm her down enough to actually ring the bell, start the match, and then they just go at it. And they do start with this lockup, and it is just so aggressive and so tight. And you can tell they just want to hurt each other because there's just lots of brawling, lots of strikes. Danger like gets down in the guard. It's almost sort of veering into shoot style territory because there's a lot of guard work yeah. um, and and strikes on the ground and. Things like that, and it's really, really gritty, and I loved it because it was exactly what you know Danger had to do coming off the previous volume and the Great Betrayal. Uh, so yeah, I loved it, and then it just escalated from there. Like they went outside, and Danger was stomping Cindy's head onto the steps over and over, like it was really gnarly. Yeah. And then, and then Danger ate the steps as well in return. And then, and that's when Cindy ended up taking over. But like, yeah, it was just, it was such a beating from both of them. They were really gritty, really violent, and I really loved it. This is probably my favorite Danger performance in the ring so far, like by far. Yeah, this is really good. I thought she was really good in this um, as a fired-up babyface, wanting revenge and just beating the hell out of Cindy as much as she could. And I do love that Cindy used the ropes to cheat to win, which infuriated danger even more. Yeah, it it just just threw threw petrol on the fire because, yeah, all of this about cheating and doing the wrong thing, and then at the finish, Cindy gets her bloody feet on the ropes – and Danger knows it, you know what I mean? And she is just livid. She is apoplectic. And she, like, Bryce Remsburg has to, like, tackle Danger, basically, <laughs> to stop her from going after Cindy. And, and she is just mad as all hell. And you can tell that, you know, obviously this feud must continue uh, because she's, like, Cindy's just stolen a, another win from Danger and it, she is going to go out of her tree. Um, Danger should start cheating. It seems to work. <laughs> well, that's the, you know, it, it's the classic conundrum, you know, between, you know, doing what's easy and doing what's right. You know what I mean? Like, it, it obviously, it's easier to win if you cheat, take shortcuts, you know, go behind the rest back, you know, put your foot on the ropes and stuff. But, like, that's not what danger is about. And danger thinks this should be, like, 
it's almost as if she's like fighting for not just herself, but like the promotion. Like she just wants yeah. everyone to have a nice wrestling time and just be pure wrestlers and we find out who's the best. And then she just sees all this cheating all up and down the card from all these heels and she's just had it, you know, and, and she's, and then she sees a young girl come up like Cindy and then Cindy's going down that path too. And it's just like, she's trying to stop her and it just made it worse. And, you know, so I, you can see from all the volumes that Danger clearly has this thing about um, about cheating and about like doing what's right and and wrestling in the proper way, and it's certainly paying off here in her own like personal feuds because that's what her feuds have been about. And yeah, and now you have Cindy who has first of all betrayed her and then second of all cheated to beat her. And I just yeah, I can't imagine how Danger's gonna react from that. So. Yeah. I'm really it's curious a great what danger go, where danger goes from there. Yeah. Um, so next up, Cage Match has listed Lacey vs. Serena Deeb and Cheerleader Melissa vs. Lexi Fife. Neither of which are on the show. So I don't know what's going on on, on a good old Cage Match here. But what we do have is Lexi Fife vs. Serena Deeb, which is really, really smart booking. Well, the other two are kind of weird. Um... <laughs> It would have been very weird. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't actually notice that until you said that. And now I've gone back and looked, and you're right. So, yeah, I'm not sure. They must have just got the wrong information, maybe from. Although you'd think at this point, you know, they would know what was on the show, but maybe like a like a live report got got something wrong. I don't know. Anyway, but here we got the vet, uh, the the cheating uh, veteran uh, versus the the young kind of upstart uh, and. It's, it's worked exactly what you would expect from that. Uh, a lot of hope spots from Deeb, uh, Fife being just too much of a veteran and too smart. Um, some really good moves in here, but this is just like exactly what you want. It, it's, it's perfect. Oh, totally. Exactly. It, it did exactly what it needed to do. Um, yeah, Lexi Five just uses every trick in the book, you know, as as we've always said. Um, and I have one, actually, I have two things of note about this match. Um, the first thing is that in the beginning, uh, Lexi Five actually cheap shots Serena to start the match after the intros, uh, which we don't often see in Shimmer, which I enjoy it as something different. Um, cheap shots her, and I think either that or she soon after cheats in some other way and danger god bless her heart is back on commentary and says that may be legal in the philippines but it's not here what? and i just like what the fuck <laughs> i swear to god she said that and i was like why are you talking about the philippines what like, i don't know I don't think cheating and wrestling is legal in the fills either, and I, I don't really know what... But it is legal in Japan. It is, see, it is in Japan, but, like, what does the fills have to do with anything? I don't know. Like, it was just the randomest thing. Like, maybe she's just... Maybe Danger just doesn't have a head on straight after what happened. She's, she's still pretty irate from the last match, I think. So she, yeah, and she... You can excuse yeah. anything she says. And she, she's not thinking straight. Uh, but really? Deep had some really good uh, selling in this match, too. Yeah, and much like the last volume, Deeb actually sells really well, and I think he's coming along quite well as an under, under, uh, as an underdog babyface. Um, yeah, I, I really like yeah this spot for her at the moment, and she's putting in some good performances. Um, the other thing I noticed, I don't know if I've ever noticed it before, um, but I don't know how long it's been since Lexi Five had a singles match that we've seen, but um, her finish, which is apparently the uh, the FU, the attitude adjustment. The is now called the attitude adjuster. Um, <laughs> I don't know if they've said this before, but they said it today, and I, I was, I don't know, excited by that. I was just like, I don't, I've never noticed that before. But I guess you know, copyright issues. <laughs> they don't want to get sued. Slight adjust. I, I did like that, and, and it was a good, good finish too. As she went for that, uh, Deep was able to counter for a roll up. So, um, so just all around good stuff here. Yeah, it's fine. Did the job. Breaking news, Stacy. <gasps> what? There's a 16 woman tur- woman tournament on Volume 11 to crown a champion, and yeah. and there's a mystery international wild card competitor. 
I know. Very exciting developments, right? And I love how they, uh, because of the way they uh, did this announcement, like over some B-roll of the wrestlers. Um, <laughs> and so they basically announced this very prestigious, very serious six-woman tournament to crown the first ever Shimmer champion uh, while Becky Lynch is dancing in the background. Because <laughs> yes. they just had footage of Becky dancing and being an idiot. <laughs> Um, oh yeah, God. and then they, yeah, and then they mentioned that they will have a mystery international competitor in the tournament, which Wild I card. assume, yeah, I assume that means it's not someone that we've seen before. Yeah, it is. I think uh, that's how I'm taking it. So who knows who that could be? I don't know who that could be. Um, but I'm very excited that they're going to introduce a title. Yeah, a title and uh, a new person and a tournament. All great things. Yeah. So very exciting. And I think, like, I'll say this now, I think it's come at exactly the right time. Uh, because we've watched, yeah, this is volume 10 now. Um, the first few volumes that we watched, it's sort of, you didn't need a title because, like, A, it was a brand new concept. Um, and they're just trying to get all the indie women wrestlers in one place at the one time, which I don't think had ever really been done before. Um, definitely not as a promotion, you know, maybe there was not, like but one night, like IWA mid South, which praise Zach Osho booked, they would do like, um, they would have a woman's title and then they would do like a show that was all women's every once in a while, like once okay, a yeah. or something, but not like a full promotion. Yeah, and so this, yeah, the promotion in itself was a brand new concept and just the idea of them all being in the one place um, and working in Shimmer, the first few volumes stood up on their own merits because you could just throw dream matches together between all these top indie workers and and all this and, and introduce all the characters, introduce these storylines and show everyone, you know, show us who is where on the card and, and things like that. And, and now we're at the point where, like, like we've said previously, like the undercard is good. It doesn't really stand out. They just have a lot of good, short, decent matches that do the job and tell you what the storylines are and who the characters are. And it feels like they've been doing that enough. And then obviously we have like some big main event matches and, and some great matches. Uh, but they've been doing what they're doing so far and it now feels like what's next. Yeah. You know, like they need, they need something else now to make it, it stand out and make, you keep coming back, and I think giving them all something to fight for, you know, a title, is exactly what they needed right now. So I'm glad it has actually turned up for the next volume. It's perfect timing. Yeah, and I'm very excited to see that. And I still, I, I don't know who wins. Oh, really? I was going to ask you as well. Do you actually know who wins? Because I don't. I have looked at it in the past, but it hasn't stuck in my head because I've never seen it. So I don't actually know. Um, so that that's that's good news too. Awesome. Yeah, I'm I'm so glad I'm going into this spoiler free and I'm gonna try and I do know avoid... who the mystery wildcard person is though. Oh, okay. So yeah, I don't know that either. I'm not I'm not gonna look at the card in advance, so I don't wanna because I don't wanna spoil any of the results or the mystery for me, for myself. So I'm gonna yeah, try and watch it as soon as I can and not and not get spoiled before I can see it. So I'm very actually excited about it. Uh so next up we got Amber O'Neill versus Mischief with her new manager, Daphne. Yes, uh, Daphne, uh, the uh, screaming goth lady, has come to Shimmer to manage and miraculously has decided upon the other screaming goth to manage. <laughs> Not only that, the other screaming goth who also wears black and green. Like, <laughs> Well, exactly. Like, Daphne came out... It, like, it, and again, like, I'm not familiar with Daphne, so this is on me, but like, Daphne came out with Mischief here, and Daphne looked like she was cosplaying as Mischief. But that's like the, I think that's pretty, if not the same outfit she's worn in the past. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that's just what Daphne looks like, but like, to me, because I'm more familiar with Mischief, I just think she just looks like a mini me of Daphne now. <laughs> I mean, of, of Mischief, sorry. <laughs> so yeah, but anyway. But they're, they, yeah, the, kind of a natural fit these two uh oh, totally. together and it led to some good comedy definitely to uh to start the match it um, did because even like well even before the match started like it, it i was so impressed by amber o'neill here because she's great amber amber o'neill came out and when she was in the ring like between her entrance and mischiefs um Amber O'Neill was talking to the announcer 
And I think it looked as though she was asking the announcer who she was going to face and she didn't know because she heard Mischief's music hit and she was terrified and dropped down to her knees in anguish that she had to face Mischief. (laughs) (laughs) And then then she comes out with Daphne, so they do a lot of stuff like Daphne will scream at her, she gets scared, and she runs away, and then Mischief is there. Mischief will scream at her, so she gets scared and runs away again. Yeah, um, some good stuff. Ganging up on her. Yeah, it was so great. And like she, I think she bailed to the outside at some point, and the crowd was like telling her to get back in the ring, and she was like, "No, I'm gonna die." <laughs> That's true. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, the only thing though is like Daphne, you're you're, yes. you're out here, you're scouting, you're recruiting, and you pick someone who lost. Oh, like last, like the previous. Yeah, because last yeah, last show she's like, I'm here to scout, and I'm going to pick someone to manage, and then the next show she's out there with someone who lost on the last show. Well, to be fair, she only lost to Kong. Like, it's not as if she lost to just anyone, and she put in a really, really good showing against Kong more than anyone has so far. So, I can see how you know how if that would appeal. But I think maybe it'll put her over the top. Exactly. And I think possibly, you know, it's like the old thing. How about you want, you want to coach the one, the one who isn't winning because then you can coach them to improve and then they'll go, you know, like it's, you know, she needs something to aim for. And also I think honestly, when it came down to it, she just wanted to keep dressing up as a goth. So, you know, it makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I actually, yeah. No, I was going to say one of the little things I liked about this match was, um, when Amber O'Neill had, uh, had mischief in some sort of hole, like wacky hole. It may have even been the pendulum where you grab the arms and the legs. Um, and she was, mischief was trying to crawl to the ropes, like on her belly, like a snake. And then Prezak, like very, like obviously on commentary was like, Oh no, her legs are trapped. Her arms are trapped. However, will she reach the ropes? And then she just reaches out and bites the ropes. And they're like, Oh, she's biting the ropes. <laughs> like, well, Man, though you know, pre- post COVID, I was cringing. Yeah, yeah ooh, don't put, don't put your mouth on that. That's yeah, that's disgusting. But yeah, but it it sort of it definitely fits mischief to to come up with that. And yeah, and I was just like, if you had just calmed down and not oversold it, like you know, like, it was like a WWE ish like telegraphing that that would happen. It was like thing. Michael Cole, like on commentary. Yeah. Oh, there's no way they will kick out of the... Oh. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know. It's over. But it was funny. Oh, kicked out at one. Um, yeah, uh, that was good. I, uh, my favorite spot might have been, though, is when Mischief tried to make Amber kick her own head with her legs. <laughs> yes! She, like, turned it around. Yeah. And did did the Molina on Amber, but it was it was like a single-leg Molina. Yeah, it didn't really work. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was interesting. Yeah, and just maybe yeah, coming off the last match, Mischief was just like, "What if I just fucking bend people? Like, <laughs> <laughs> bastards keep bending me. What if I try?" <laughs> it was bendy revenge. So yeah, I like that spot too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the finish was a little botched. Uh, the desecrator didn't look so good this time, but this yeah, was a I lot of fun. It- was shitty, but yeah, it was fun. And yeah, Daphne at the end, Daphne got bumped off the apron. Um, oh yeah, yeah, she did. And then, and then mischief just kind of hit her finish and won. Um, and it, even though it looked like shit, but it, it and won. And see, my thing is like, what does mischief as a babyface need a manager for? Like, I don't know how how much shelf life, um, you know, this has when it's like, what does you know, what does Mischief need a manager for? Like, is she not going to use Daphne to cheat? She's a baby face. And it's like, she doesn't, you know, like, it's just, it's, obviously it's a good fit thematically because they're both the goth girls, but it doesn't really, I don't really know what Daphne is adding to Mischief, really, apart from, like, the comedy spots where they can both scream in tandem. Well, there's that, um, and, um, you, like, Daphne has wrestled a lot, so... There's probably some yeah, of course. Like if if it's a, if it's a way to transition Daphne back into like you know into wrestling with her maybe like it that would make sense. But yeah, as of this point, like I just like I said, it's the shelf life for a babyface manager like isn't you know there's only so much you can do. Yeah. 
with that kind of role. But I mean, we'll we'll see where they take it. We'll see. Uh, and yeah, the, there's definitely ways you can go. Like maybe you can turn Mr. Peel even or something. I'm not sure. Well, exactly, and that that would end up you know making sense. And uh, speaking of Daphne, because I again I'm not super familiar with Daphne, and I felt the need to Google her. Um, after watching these volumes, I had discovered that Daphne was at one point married to Rich Ward, who is the guitarist of Fuzzy, Jericho's band. Oh, really? Yeah. Never knew that. What a small world. Small world. (laughs) Um, Next up, Diana Ringer uh, versus Eden Black. So so, uh, two people um, who had losses on the last volume trying to redeem themselves here. Um, Ringer's out in her uh, her blue outfit, and they they start doing the Smurf chants again. So she takes it off, and she has a pink one underneath, um, which Dave starts trying to make strawberry shortcake jokes from. All of a sudden, <laughs> some reason. Yeah, I also had to do a lot of googling during this match <laughs> to find out what the fuck kind of eighties dolls that you were that they were bagging on about during this whole match because. I that you're young. I'm young. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. The fuck is a strawberry shortcake? <laughs> Showing my age, which is young. Um, which is nice to hear, um, because since I turned 30, I just feel fucking old. But. You're young. Um. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so, yeah, this happened. There was a lot of, yeah, obviously the Smurf jokes in the beginning and then. And then all the rest of it on commentary. Yeah, this whole match was just on commentary, just a whole bunch of jokes about Smurfs and various dolls and toys and stuff, like which was odd, especially for me not understanding half of it. But oh yeah, uh, but I liked I liked the uh, the heel payoff of Tiana like leaning into the Smurf thing and and telling the announcer to say if you don't stop changing Smurf at her, she's never going to wrestle ever again. She's going to walk out and the crowd cheers, you know, like that's yeah. a great spot. And then, and then she, yeah. And then she took the jacket off and she had a pink outfit on underneath and like, fuck you, no more Smurf jokes, you know, like, so I like that as a, as a payoff. For her, like, trying to you're still them. Smurfy though. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see if they, if this keeps on or not. Cause like I said, it's like, it's either a good thing or a bad thing for her, depending on if she wants to lean into it or if she wants to not be the Smurf. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so she might have to try and find a way to like, to get out of it before it like really catches on. It, so. it did. Um, she did seem very riled, but she did. End up, and it, this was intense. There was a lot of good strikes and everything, but uh, Ringer did get the win uh, here. A big win after a loss in the last show, but something to note, uh, this is actually the last match of uh, Ringer here in Shimmer. Really? Yeah. Oh. She's gone. That's, that's surprising. I wonder what happened to her. I'm going to have to Google after this. Uh, yeah, well, that's a shame. Like, yeah, like I know I sort of I got into her a bit on the last show because I wasn't really impressed with, with what she was doing, but I feel like the whole time... Um, she was just trying to kind of find her feet and figure out who she was as a heel and as a wrestler. And I don't think she found it by the time, obviously if this is the end, but I don't think she found it by the time she finished in shimmer, which I guess is a shame, you know, for her sake. Um, but yeah, so just, just one of those things, I guess. Uh, so next up, we basically recap everything Nikki rocks has done in shimmer. So that's fun. Basically, yeah, and I I, it, I appreciated it because I didn't realize until they did this that uh that Nikki, I'm sorry, there's a garbage truck driving right past my house, and I know I can hear it, so I'm sure you can too. Um, yeah, Nikki uh had that big loss to Kong where she put in that really good showing, hanging in there for X amount of minutes, and then lost to Kong, and since then. Nikki has been on a winning streak and has won every single match since then. And I didn't realize that until they laid it out for me like that, but it was good. And the whole recap, like of match to match to match, showing Nikki improving each time and showing her getting these bigger wins and moving up the card and then having that, um, and now having a main event spot against, you know, against Sarah. So it, it all is very well earned and you can see it laid out here. Yeah. Perfect. Um, good recap. Uh, so moving on, we got Lacey versus cheerleader Melissa, and we talked about Lacey healing it up last show, but boy, oh boy, she was, uh, 
she was on another level here. She almost she challenged an eight year old to get in the ring and fight her. Yeah, she wasn't so much fighting Melissa as she was fighting an eight year old kid in the crowd. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing because like he, it, this little kid, um, like said some shit. Like you could hear him say, "Hey, Lacey," and then like whatever the fuck he said. And then just got into it with her. And then the crowd, like, popped massively for whatever he said and chanted, you got served at Lacey, <laughs> yeah. uh, for whatever this kid's line was. And then so she turned around and, like, challenged him, like, literally to get in the ring um, and fight her, um, and, like, which was amazing. Went to, like, the, the kid's side, too, to, like, help him out. Yeah. <laughs> It was a whole thing, and, she, and Lacey kept going back to him and trying to fight him, and, and he was he was gonna, <laughs> like, you know. And then the crowd chanted, "Go, little kid." <laughs> um. So yeah, that whole bit was yeah, it was amazing, and and sort of yeah, like as it turns out, that whole bit was sort of a lot more interesting than the match ended up being. Um, yeah. Because again, it was so much was taken up with this. Yeah, and then, that, and then Lacey yeah. stalling for like five minutes. Yeah, she basically stalled through the whole the whole match, you know, pretty much. Um, yeah, and I mean, I guess it was a weird kind of match to have because it is heel versus heel, very clearly. Um, even though Melissa isn't as overt, she's not one of the the cheating heels, you know, that we see in yeah. Shimon. All the cheating heels are on the undercard, and. Uh, Melissa's like the main event heel who is a really great wrestler and doesn't need to cheat, but she just, um, you know, just wrestles straight up and she's just kind of mean. (laughs) She just wrestles against baby faces, basically. Um, Yeah, so like, I guess, you know, Melissa was kind of like the de facto baby face in this just because Lacey is such a shit. But, I mean, she wasn't really, like, I was kind of, I was disappointed because I was kind of looking forward to the opportunity to watch Melissa as the de facto babyface and maybe cheer her on a bit, like kind of thing, because I really like Melissa. And it just, it never ended up uh, happening that way. Like, cause once all the stalling and crowd stuff was done with, it didn't really, it didn't really last that long. And it just, yeah, it just kind of happened. And Melissa just kind of won with the air raid crash. And it was almost yeah, it like didn't... they were told that they were going to be in the mid card and they're like, well, let's like just have an old school chicken shit match to get the crowd all excited, but not like have a good match. Let's just you know get them pissed off and at me, and then you'll hit a move and it'll be over, and we can move on because we don't want to overshadow anything, and um, but we want to get the crowd excited. And yeah, and I think <laughs> if you don't have to. exactly, and honestly, like it was probably the smart move because again like this was heel versus heel on paper and just um having Lacey fight with the crowd you know for 10 minutes and then go home was probably way better and way more interesting for the crowd than a like a standard you know serious wrestling match would have been like so I actually I think they did like I think they did the right thing I was disappointed I didn't get a long Melissa match uh but it actually was probably long Lacey match like yeah for that matter like it looks good on paper but then when you think about it it's heel versus heel it's not really gonna work and yeah I think probably what they did ended up being far more useful um in the time yeah there was there was some bigger matches to come they didn't want to do too much so Rebecca Bayless is back and she confronts Nikki Rocks and says and asks her a question I forget what she asked her but Nikki Rocks is basically she's on a winning streak it's her first main event she's gonna win Give Sarah Del Rey her second loss, and then she's going to win the title in the tournament. That's it. That's pretty good. Yeah, that was it. That's all you need to say. Uh, That's all, really. She's yeah. She's a little bit awkward as a promo. She's a little bit awkward in the ring. Like it's just it's Nikki Rocks, but exactly. yeah. Uh, so next up, we got Daisy Hayes versus Amazing Kong, and <laughs> so this one starts off uh, pretty good. Uh, we got what Daisy Hayes giving Bryce her flower to give to Kong, which Kong just ignores it and gives it back to, to Hayes and you know, she puts it in her corner. So there was there's was a there's a bunch of little comedy at the start of this match where like Hayes goes for a test of strength, which Kong kind of laughs off as Hayes is trying to make herself look big. Um, before we got into oh the match, oh my god, when. <laughs> Yeah, when uh, when Daisy Hayes did the old uh, Santino Marilla puff myself up and make myself look big 
<laughs> just my call. I fucking lost it. Kong lost it. Like it was, watch, she started. She burst into laughter. Yeah, she broke Kong. <laughs> and then, then after after the test of strength, Kong like screams, and not only does Daisy go and cower, Bryce like gets scared too. <laughs> oh my god, Kong screamed, and Daisy like flew into the air, and and the ref took a bump. <laughs> <laughs> Like a force of nature. It was great. Amazing. <laughs> and then, then we get the match, and we got we got cool stuff you don't get to normally see, like a, a gorilla press, which I always love. Uh, Hayes was like trying all this quick offense to get going. This was not like the uh, mischief uh, Kong match. This is clearly a monster versus an underdog. Yeah, and like. Honestly, when this came up, like on paper, and they came out for this match, I was so excited because Kong is obviously like a great big monster heel, and Daisy Hayes has now established herself to me as like the best underdog babyface worker in the company, and she's so tiny and so easy to throw around, and she came out to face Kong, and I was just like, yes. This is great. And it delivered. It was oh, so yes. fucking great watching Kong toss her around. Daisy flying swing. all over the place trying to, yeah, the giants, it just, yeah, the gorilla press, just all of it. It was, it was so good, you know, and Daisy's just trying roll ups and runners and whatever she can try and, you know, try and do to flip and, and get her down. She tried like a big, uh, she tried to do a flying splash off the top to the floor. And Kong just, like, picked oh. her up and dropped her on the guardrail. It looks so brutal. I stopped and rewound and watched that about ten times. It was disgusting. Like, I honestly, I don't honestly think I have ever seen a worse bump over the guardrail. It was feral. Like, yeah, Daisy dove off the top, Kong caught her, um, yeah, and just and just picked her up and through her so that she'd land on the guardrail and Daisy like flipped towards her head and ended up like landing on the top of her head in front of the people in the front row. Like it just, it was so fucking gnarly. And between now and whenever we release uh, this show for the public, I'm going to figure out how to make a GIF and GIF this and put it on Twitter when we release this, because it is disgusting. And it was it's literally worth the uh, the monthly subscription to to stream Shimmer to see this bump. It is it's out of this world. I can't believe it. And then and then she did it again. And Kong walked. Uh, Kong did that and walked away. And then she came back and picked her up and did the exact same fucking thing. <laughs> threw her over the guardrail and she took another disgusting bump. And did the you only thing after she threw her over the guardrail both times, she like kicked her head like from underneath the guardrail to. Yes! <laughs> Such a dick move, I loved it. Like, and the only thing I will say about this is that I would, I could have killed Danger when this happened. Because Kong literally picked Daisy up and murdered her live on television, and Danger is sitting there going, oh, those guys got a show in the front row because, like, a girl landed on them, you know what I mean? And I was just like, no, 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 no. Like, I know it's 2007, like, you know, it was a different time, but no. You know, and it really was like, that's not what you need to say in this moment. Like, she is dead. She has been killed. You need to call an ambulance, you know? Like, and it was, apart from, like, yeah, apart from that annoying me, like, I, I... I didn't use exclamation points. I wrote fuck with about nine Ks uh, to to describe this bump. It was it was insane. So, yeah, that was the big spot. And then from there, um, yeah, Kong threw in again. Um, and then we went – uh, top rope Rana, too. Yeah, well, that's it. We went back in the ring, and then Daisy, like, Daisy gets back up. Because, again, Kong wants to go up top and, you know, and hit this splash that she keeps going for. Um Daisy goes up and hits a giant, yeah, like Frankensteiner off the top um, for a huge near fall, which I loved. Yeah. And, yeah, and then, and again, gets killed by the mother of all lariats from Kong. And it just, yeah, it's just, and then it just escalates from there. Like, like 
Kong is trying to hit these moves. Daisy's just gone to try and hit her finishes because she needs to end this, you know, and she's trying roll-ups whenever she can, and it's just like, yeah, so Daisy hits the heart punch, but then she can't hit the rest of the combo, um, you know, and but she gets these roll-ups and stuff, and Daisy ends up actually hitting the kick that she does, like the Yakuza kick, and then Kong gets her foot on the ropes. Yeah. And we've never seen Kong have to resort to putting her foot on the ropes to kick, to kick out of a pin before. So she that was, was really like, really, okay. that was a big deal. Yeah. Like, and I really enjoyed that. And then, and then Hayes tries to oh. do it again. She goes for the heart punch, which Kong just fucking catches and like does the most brutal discus fist backwards, oh. and then a sit down power bomb, and, and Hayes fucking kicked out. And I think that's. Probably the best near fall we've had in the history of Shimmer. Like, that was I'm amazing. Agreed. It was insane. Yeah, she absolutely killed her with the spinning back fist. It was disgusting. Yeah, and then, and hit the, the Batista bomb and, and Daisy kicked out and everyone selling this kick out was amazing. Like, like, Bryce Remsburg selling this kick out. Like, he couldn't believe it. No. You know? Like, he he was ready to counter, and then he saw her kick, and he was like, holy shit. It was two. And then Kong looked at him, and he was like, he jumped back, and he was like, I'm sorry, I swear to God, it was two. Like, he, <laughs> you know, he thought he was going to die in that moment. Like, yeah. it was just, it was such a great, great near fall. Yeah, I, honestly, yeah, the best near fall we've seen. And then, uh, but uh, then Kong just hits finally hits the big splash off the top uh, that she keeps going for and and pins Daisy because she is now dead. She's been squished from the top. Yeah, uh, but there's no recovery yeah, from that. There's not. But it was just, this was amazing. Like, I enjoyed this more than, even more than Kong vs. Mischief from the last volume. Oh yeah, really? Uh, yeah, mainly just for, yeah, for from the, the big guardrail bump onwards. Um, I just, I really just loved that, and then all the escalation of the finish, and then the big, the big moment of the kick out. Because like that kick out is, I can't, I mean, I can't remember when Kong debuts. Maybe on episode three or four, volume three or four, um, or maybe five. I'm not sure. But um, yeah, Kong has been on a few shows now, and she like obviously is Kong. She's a monster, and. She's finally, she hit this disgusting combo that she's beaten everyone else with and boom, Daisy kicks out and it was just such a big moment uh, that they'd been building towards and like, oh my God. And then, and then she pays it off by finally hitting the splash that she keeps trying to hit in every match and keeps getting countered. But yeah, so I, yeah, I was so excited for Kong vs. Daisy and it absolutely delivered for me. Totally. Yeah. I, I loved it. Um, for all the reasons you said. And big shout out to Bryce. Like, I think he's the best referee in wrestling. And even back then, he was so good in, uh, at playing his role, at being in the right spots at the right time, not being noticed unless it was a moment that, like, called for him to be noticed. And then, then he uh, stands out in those moments. And yeah, can't say enough good things about Bryce. He's awesome. But yeah. moving on, we got the main event. Oh, sorry. We got replay of Kong destroying Daisy Hayes because uh, Amazing Kong is so good that she gets replays and no one else does. <laughs> Basically. She's on a whole different level. She's hit that, she's hit that replay level like that no one else can hit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so main event. Sarah Del Rey, Nikki Rocks. Um, they've been kind of building to Nikki Rocks go into the main event um, this entire time, and here she is facing Sarah Del Rey, who's pretty much been the most dominant wrestler in the company, I would say. Yeah, I would say for sure, yeah. yeah. So, man, I just love watching Sarah Del Rey wrestle, even even against uh, Rocks, who we've, um, we've said is good. She's just a little... She's not great. Um, so th- this would, nah, lost my train of thought here. Um, but yeah, why don't you talk while I try to regain my words? <laughs> I'll save you. Um, well, yeah, I, I really like this and I think, 
I think Nikki Rocks looked really good in this match, and I think I am giving all the credit for that to Sarah Del Rey. Um, <laughs> because we've seen we've seen Nikki Rocks so far, and obviously we keep talking about it, but like she's a little bit awkward, a little bit um, sort of lanky, uh, doesn't really know what to do with her arms and legs at times. It seems like you know she's can be out of position or not really, you know, just yeah, just a little bit awkward in the ring physically. Um, but it you you never know. Um, in this match, I feel like, uh, and she looked Sarah, a lot more solid here for sure. She looked a lot more solid, and it's like the the X factor there is Sarah Del Rey. I think Del Rey is just great to a point where she can take someone like Nikki and give her that kind of match, and not just not just give her a good match, as in carry her to one, but like give her a good match that makes Nikki look good. Like that's the real art of carrying someone in wrestling is not just you know, leading them, making it look like you're leading them through a match. Like carrying someone is when you make them look good. Like you look at them and you think, Oh my God, that like Nikki rocks looks fantastic here. And, uh, but I think, I think the credit does go to Del Rey and they laid this match out really well. And Del Rey sort of led her through it very well. Um, and Del Rey always looks amazing. Um, yeah, I really liked, a lot of this. And I mean, cause it's not just like, cause Nikki rocks, you know, has Bambi legs, but then suddenly she's doing kip ups and lucha style rope walk arm drags and all of this sort of stuff like overnight. And it's like, she, you know, she can't even find her two feet. And it's, it's amazing. It's like, it, like I said, this, it was so good that it made Nikki look really good. If that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it was, a good, yeah. And I like the story of the, uh, the high tempo, uh, Nikki rocks trying to like, you know, up the pace versus more of the power deliverance of uh, Sarah Del Rey. So that really worked yeah. as well. Yeah, and um, and then it, it sort of just escalated uh, towards the finish, which is where things hit an, a higher level when they had this bigger face-off where they were trying to big boot each other and they would hit a big boot and then they would no-sell and come back with their own big boot and then take it and then come back with a boot. Like, you know, the battle of the big boots – um, yeah, which, which was great. And it just, yeah. And Nikki rocks went for a, a Rana towards the end and Doray just hit like a disgusting power bomb on her, just killed her dead. She certainly and did. <laughs> it, it was so good. And then, yeah. And then ended up hitting her, uh, a butterfly suplex for the win. Um, which I think was the right move, like yeah. the right winner. I don't but think, Nikki did. I don't think giving Nikki a win here would have been smart. Uh, but it's definitely, I think it's a win for Nikki to be in the main event and look like she kind of belonged. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like she, she won just from having this match with Delray and looking good and having a really good match, uh, which is what this was. It was a very good showing for her. And Delray, yeah, Delray has only lost once so far. Um, and yeah, going back to, like, even to tie it into the next volumes when we have this title tournament coming up, like, Del Rey has only lost once, and I think in kayfabe, she stands out head and shoulders above the rest of the competition. Like, she never loses. She's only lost once. She's always in the main event. She's very, very good. And no one else is really on that level with her. Like, except, obviously, like, Kong is a is a different case entirely because, it, you know, she's a monster heel, and that's... That's the way that goes. But, like, Delray is clearly, like, the ace of the promotion so far. And it's, like, because this is professional wrestling, like, that makes me think that she won't win the tournament. <laughs> because, like, it's it's too obvious. Like, she is a, like, literal prohibitive favorite. Um, and I would say this. If this was any other company, I would kind of agree with you. But because it's Shimmer, it almost seems like they would do something like that. Well, that's fair enough. That's a good point. And it would make sense if Dore won the title tournament because she has been the best wrestler in Shimmer so far, like in, you know, in terms of the shows that they're presenting to us. Um, so yeah, like it, it would make sense, but like, because it's wrestling, I also wouldn't be surprised if she didn't, but I also, I don't know who else it would be. You know what I mean? Like there's no real obvious winner of this tournament, I think, which is a good thing. Well, you have, because you have like, so people it could be, um, you have a Daisy Hayes, you have a cheerleader, Melissa, um, 
You have a uh, a Lacey in there, maybe Nikki Rocks who can overcome. Uh, yeah, Allison and mischief kind of there, mischief. Uh, so th- there's people who it could be, right? Oh, of course. That, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's there's no obvious winner, but there's just a good like there's a field of candidates who you can believe would win. Like, you know what I mean? It wouldn't be. It would make sense. Like, and pretty much everyone you just named. Um, yeah. So it it really could be any one of of those or people, which is a good thing because. Turn. Yeah, or the wild card, which we have no idea who it who it is or how good they are. So you know how big a name they are. So it, it yeah it really the field is open, which is a good thing in this case because there's a lot of credible contenders who could win this thing. Um, yeah, which makes it exciting for me to go and watch it. I, I you know, I kind of want to watch it as soon as I can because I really want to know who wins <laughs> who wins the title. <laughs> the only uh, the only other thing I want to say about the main event of this show is uh, once again I turn to the music of Shimmer because uh, Sarah Del Rey came out for her entrance and obviously she uses the final countdown <laughs> as her entrance point. music, uh, as, like like Brian Danielson at the time. Uh, so she came out to final countdown and because she didn't really take her time making her entrance, Del Rey got in the ring uh, and they cut the music about halfway through the first verse and the people hated it. They rioted. They were like, boo, to the point where they had to turn the music back on on the PA. <laughs> and then everyone kind of stood around in the ring, you know, and then, like, you know, leaving the ground. And then eventually, so they get to the final countdown beat, and then they do it, and then they pop for themselves and, like, clap. <laughs> and, you know, which was nice, like, that they actually – listen to the crowd and put it back on just so they could sing a song, uh, which I appreciated. I always like music is one of my favorite things about Shimmer. Like, honestly, everyone's entrance music is so great. And I always enjoy, you know, when it hits and especially, you know, the new songs that pop up as people change their music or yeah, get a different song. And I, it's nice to see also, uh, it kind of reminds me of, um, like maybe like an ECW or something where like, it's clear that these people are actually picking their own music and it's not picked for them. Yeah. You definitely get that vibe. Yeah. And like ring of honor was never like, there was a few people, uh, that their music really stood out, but it, it was mostly a lot of generic metal or whatever. Um, well here, like definitely have a lot more diversity. And I think, a part of that is because it is a company of women and they, they have minorities on the show. Like you have Kong, you have, uh, Josie, um, you have people from other countries, you have Canadians and people from England and, uh, you had an Irish woman earlier. And, um, so there's a lot, like this is the advantage of having other people that aren't white males doing everything. You get a lot more diversity, and it's it's very nice to see. Absolutely, and it's one of those things where, like, a a guy, I would imagine, you know, taking the average man, um, wouldn't necessarily pop the way I do when I hear somebody come out to "Say La Vie" by Bewitched or <laughs> or a Gwen Stefani song or things like that. But it's stuff like that that does that does pop me, and I think it's something that. Yeah, is underexplored in in wrestling is actually not just uh, showcasing women on wrestling, but actually appealing to a female audience, uh, which they don't always do. Um, and but it's it's one of those things about Shimmer that definitely does feel very woman centered. Uh, is the music, which I love and appreciate all the time. Yes, I find that awesome. And I'm glad you react that way. Uh, and I'm glad someone is actually talking to you as opposed to ig- ignoring you. So that's, that's also great. Uh, another fine show though. Um, favorite match, I assume Kong and Hayes. Yes, for me. Yes. Yeah, clearly. Uh, that's a good weekend of wrestling. These last two volumes. Um, good day of wrestling. I guess this is all one day. Um, Man, shiver. And that's, um, 
the other thing to note is that even though they're taping these volumes on the same day, like it, it'd be a long day of taping, but you don't really feel the energy dropping from the crowd on the second volume. Like I haven't noticed that at all so far, so which is a good thing because they're holding the interest of the crowd. And I think the short undercards do help with that as well, considering yeah, yeah. how long a taping day must be. Yeah, if you had to like just barn burner shows like this, uh, by the end of the well, look at look at your WrestleManias that are like six, seven hours long. The crowd's dead by the end. Yeah, the first um the first WrestleMania I attended live, I uh, laid down and had a nap during the main event because I was exhausted. The first Ring of Honor show I ever uh, went to live, I, I took a nap during the main event too. It, yeah, see, it, it, they need to realize it's it's too bloody long, but. Also, I was in New Orleans and I'd had three hours sleep in a week, but that's you know neither here nor there. Different story. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, thanks everyone for joining us. Uh, We really appreciate it. Um, Tell all your friends all that fun stuff that people say whenever they they release something to the public, Uh, and um, we hope to have uh, come back with this tournament. Uh, We want to try to stay in a consistent schedule, but who knows, we might have said that on that last episode and then it was 18 months later. So I don't want to guarantee anything. Stacy and Steven, we don't promise anything. <laughs> no expectations. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> thanks, everyone. Bye-bye.